today. In Jesus' name. Everybody hear me? You probably can hear me without the mic. Praise God. So what has what has our lesson been on? Somebody. It's right there at the top. <laughs> Becoming a spiritual warrior. Amen. You already are a spiritual warrior if you're in the kingdom of God, if you've received the Holy Ghost, if, if you've entered into His kingdom and His kingdom has entered into you, you have become a spiritual warrior. Amen? You've been, they used to call it conscription. You've been conscribed. Oh, here we go. Praise God. Woo! That's a little hot right there. Amen? And so you are a part of His kingdom. You are a soldier in his kingdom. You are a spiritual warrior and he expects us to operate in that. Amen. Whether you're a licensed minister or not. Amen. You're a part of the kingdom. You're as much an important part of his kingdom as any any preacher or minister is. Amen. Amen. The church is not this building. It's a, it's the body. <clears throat> you know, ch- someone said church is not what we do. Church is who we are. Amen? We are the church. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Amen? And so we are the ecclesia. We are the church. And so in this lesson from the beginning, we, you know, we started talking about the basics of being a spiritual warrior. And we talked about we are called of God through His Word and through the salvation that we have to fight against our our common enemy, Satan, amen, and all that he stands for, all of the darkness, all of the blindness, all of the wickedness that we face every day when we, we step, climb out of that bed and go to work or go to school or whatever it is that we do, the, the wickedness is in this world, and why is that? Because he's the God of this world, and he's been given temporary authority to do whatever he wants to do, amen? If he can do the things that he did in Job's life, that hasn't changed from then until now. He can still come into our life. And God will allow him to be to use, be used as the tool to get us where God needs us to be. That's what he was doing with Job. Amen. Preparing him. God knew there was something in Job that if he promoted him before he got that thing out of him, it would mess him up. So he had to send Satan down there to mess with him and to, to make sure that all of that mess was out of his life. Amen. So that he could be what God really wanted him to be. And so I don't know about you, but I want to be what God has called me to be. And I'm not talking about a licensed minister with the UPCI. He has called me to be his son, his child, his bride, and his warrior. Amen? Because without without us as warriors, how are those people out there going to find this truth? Amen? We have to fight for them. Amen? If if we, if we you know, Going back to the, the farm idea if we go through all the trouble of plowing and doing all the things that we do and getting that seed in the ground and and the harvest comes up and there's nobody there to reap the harvest then what good is it what good is the harvest if we're not there to reap it so god you know in that scenario god needs the workers to do the work he's the husbandman we're the workers he's we're the, we're the warriors we're the ones that he has sent here to do the work 
And so we have to be in the fight. We, have, we are in the fight, and we have to just make up in our mind that we are part of that battle. And we're battling together like a, an army unit that's going in to take out a, a city. They go in as a unit, as a team, working together. Amen? Everybody has their, been trained to do their part in the battle. Amen? And every part needs the other part. Amen? The guy that's carrying uh, the mortar and the guy that's carrying the ammunition for the mortar, they need both of them need to be there together for the mortar to work. You can set that mortar down and get it ready, but if you don't have anything to drop in it, it's just a mortar. It's just a tube. Amen. And so we're all needed. Amen. And so in lesson two, we talked about getting into the initial battle. Amen. There comes a point in time we go through all this training, we go through all this stuff, and God expects us to step into the battle at some point. He, sent, he expected Israel to, to, to train and all their tribe. He gave the word. He sent them into that battle. And he told them, if you'll go into the battle based on the way I tell you to do it, you're going to win the battle every time. And so lesson three and four, we talked about once we were in the battle that we must pursue the enemy. Once we get the enemy on the run, isn't that the goal that we have as a church, as a people, to get the enemy out there on the run? Amen? The, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Amen? You can't, you can't defeat Satan with your intellect. You know, we can't do this with our intellect, with our natural authority. We can't do this in the natural. We've got to do it in the spiritual. But the, our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. That was the only way that Israel was able to win the battle. It's like those guys that, that tried to use the name of Jesus, those seven sons of Sceva. And the devil said, Paul we know and Jesus we know, but who are you? And that's pretty much what happened when Israel tried to go to battle on their own. Without God's direction, we, you know, God, we know you've, you've been with us before, but we're going to try this on our own one time. And it was just like those seven sons of Sceva. Those, they lost people, many times thousands of their own soldiers, because they went ahead of God and said, we can do this without God. So we can't do this without God. We need him, our commander-in-chief, to direct us and guide us. And so we've got to, our goal is And in this kind of this scenario that we've been talking about, about going into the battle, you, you, you begin the battle, it's a face-to-face, hand-to-hand combat, and you get the enemy on the run, you don't just step back and take it easy and, you know, do your little, you know, spike the football thing. You've got to keep pursuing the enemy because if you don't, he's going to go back and regroup and he's going to get strong and come back after you. And so we've got to keep the enemy in pursuit until we get him to their city. Amen. And that's where we're going we're gonna to purge through the gates. We talked about those gates of hell. Amen. In Matthew 16, the gates of hell that will not prevail against the church of the living God. Those gates are stationary gates. And so our job is to get through those gates. Amen. And so this lesson today, we're going to talk about once we breach the gates, what's the next step? We're going to divide the spoil. Amen. Amen. And so let's go to Matthew 16, verse 13 through 19 and read that. It says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Whom do men say that, that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, 
or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter said, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound on heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He has given us the keys to the kingdom. There's only two times in the New Testament where that word keys is used. It's in this scripture, and it's in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. It says, And when I saw him, this is John speaking, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I live. I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I and have the keys of hell and of death. Amen. And so he has he didn't just give those keys to Peter. He gave those keys to the church. And so we have those keys resident in us through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We have that those keys. What the keys represent something that unlocks a door. Right. So somebody that has a key to this building has some level of authority because they've been given a key to the building. Right. Or if you work in a government office or if you work for an employer and they give you the keys and the code to get in the building, they've given you a level of authority. And so we have these keys at our disposal because he has given us his authority in the Holy Ghost. And so the devil doesn't have those keys. We've got the keys to the gate. All we got to do is breach that gate. Amen. And so how did they breach that gate in the in the... In those days when, when those kind of battles went on, they had a battering ram. And it was generally like something about as long as this building, probably like a telephone pole with some handles on it or something. And a bunch of those guys, those soldiers would lift that thing up and they would pound those gates. Pound those gates because most of the time those gates opened out. And so they, would, so that way they could secure that building because if the gates just opened in, it would be very easy to just pound them open a couple of times. But those gates were designed with the hinges so that they would open out. So once you closed them, it was very hard to get them to open in the opposite direction. And so how do we pound those gates? Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not mighty, but are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down a stronghold, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. How do we do that? Intercessory prayer. Prayer. Amen. We, that's how we do it. It's like every time we say Jesus' name, every time we bind the devil, every time we loose the angels, every time we, we pound the, the kingdom of Satan with our prayers, it's like we're taking that battering ram and we're just pounding those gates. Pounding those gates. Amen. And every time Israel went into battle when God sent them, he promised them victory. And so his angels went before them and they discomfited the armies and they caused them to be blind or whatever he he did in the, in those situations he caused those armies to be defeated but Israel had to go to battle they had to physically do the fighting and so we physically in this case spiritually in our in our spirit we've got to take part in that prayer we've got to take part in that battle that's got to take place in the spirit 
Amen? Amen? It doesn't do us any good to, to go out and plow and plant and do all that stuff and get that seed in the ground and then there's no rain. You can have all the sunshine you want on these fields out here where they're planting this corn, but if we don't get any rain, what's going to happen to that seed? Nothing. Nothing's going to grow. Amen? And so how do we, how do we put the, rain, the, the water on the seed? That, that is our intercessory prayer. That is us weeping and crying for the souls of this city. Amen. Somebody prayed for me, kept me on their mind, took the time to pray for me. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed for me. Amen. Thank God somebody prayed. Amen. Thank God somebody listened to God and God said, pray for this individual. Pray, maybe not even for us by name, but somebody prayed. Somebody said, hey, I'm a part of the kingdom. Hey, there's souls out there that are lost. I, I can't go win them, but I can sure get down on the floor in here and win them by prayer. Or in my house, amen, in that, in that closet of prayer. He's given us that power and authority that a mighty army needs uh, over their enemy. Many of Israel's enemies greatly feared them that were much bigger than they were. But why did they fear them? Not because just because they were Israel, but because the God of Israel, they knew the God of Israel went before them. And so the God of Israel today goes before us. Amen. But we've got to loose his angels. We, we command angels when we pray. Did you know that? We command angels when we pray to go out and to do battle. Amen. They, they don't just, you know, we, we've got to win the battle in this city. Amen. How many feels that every day? Amen. Amen. The devil does not want us to win. He has come at me since I've been down the street. I can feel it. I know it's of the devil. It's that spirit of discouragement. It's that spirit of, of fear and all these things that have come at me since I've been here. Man, so I know that I'm in the right place. I know that I'm where God sent me to be. And I know that I'm having an effect. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that, that I know that my prayers are having an effect because otherwise the enemy wouldn't come in my home and mess with me. Amen. He doesn't want to lose control over his kingdom. Amen. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I'm sorry, he already knows he's lost the battle. And so it's a futile fight. He has no authority over me. I have authority over him. Amen. Amen. Numbers chapter 10, verse 33 says, And they departed from the mount of the Lord three days' journey, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them in the three days' journey to search out resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was upon them by day when they went out of the camp, and it came to pass that the ark set forward that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. Amen. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence and the power of Almighty God. We are that. We, he dwells in us. He resides in us. We represent that Ark. We represent that authority that that Ark stood for in that day. Amen. I don't know if you've ever noticed. Sometimes, I, I mean, I don't go around trying to notice this, but sometimes when you walk into a room, just something changes. I was around a guy the other day on one of my appointments, and that guy was trying everything he could to just curse out loud in front of me. And it was just like every time he tried, he just kind of 
stifled it and tried to think. And I, I think that if it had been anybody else, he'd have just cursed out loud and just done like he'd always done. But I just sat there observing that, and it was like, he's not cursing because I'm sitting here. And it's not me, but it's the power of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't even know that's what it is. And he was trying his hardest to, to blurt those words out loud, and he would just kind of muffle it. And it was To me, I'm sitting there laughing to myself. It's kind of funny, and I'm thinking, that's you, God. He doesn't even know. Amen. Anybody ever felt that? You don't even, you don't even know why, why somebody's acting like that. Then it's like it dawns on you, man. You know, God just walked in the room when you did. Amen. Because it's not, you know, when I go to those appointments, I pray, God, don't let them see me. Even though it's an appointment for insurance, I want them to feel Jesus. If I don't get that, that business, I want that person to at least have felt the presence of God. By the time I leave there. Amen. So that I can have some impact in their life. That they can go back into their office after I leave and go, man, what was it that I felt when that guy walked in the room? That was something. You know, I, you ever felt that? I remember feeling that when I wasn't in church. When I felt, I didn't know what it was I was feeling, but later on I figured it out. It was the presence of God. But I didn't know what that was when I was back in, in the world. Deuteronomy, uh, well, let's go on past that. Yeah, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 1. Praise God. Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day, to go in and possess nations greater and mightier than thyself. The battle might seem like it's overwhelming, like how are we going to win this city? I don't see how it's going to happen, Lord. But he's telling us right here, we're going to win battles that are that are greater and mightier than we can even imagine ourselves winning. Cities great and fenced up to heaven. And people great and tall. And the children of the Anakims whom thou knowest and of whom thou hast heard say, We can stand before the children of Anak. Who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth before. Uh, over before thee and a consuming fire he shall destroy them and he shall bring them down before thy face so that thou drive them out and destroy them quickly as the lord hath said unto thee speak not thou in thine heart after that the lord thy god hath cast them out before thee saying for my righteousness the lord hath brought me in to possess this land but for the wickedness of these nations the lord hath doth drive them out from before thee now, uh, not for the right, not for thy righteousness, uh, or for the uprightness of thine heart, dost thou go to possess their land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee, and that they, that He may perform the word which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not us. It's not for us to take the glory when when we get a victory in in Jesus' name. Amen. That word glory when when we. You know, the Bible says that no flesh should glory or brag or boast in his presence, that we should not, we're not supposed to boast in ourselves that we've done anything. Amen. The boasting all belongs to him. We're supposed to boast in him. Amen. And so, you know, the battle is the Lord's, but we've got to get in the battle today. Amen. We've got to breach those gates. We've got to pound those gates with prayer. We've got to pound because, you know, behind those gates, there are prisoners. 
in that city. That, that army that you're fighting against has prisoners, and they've got to be set free, and you can't get them free until you breach the gates. Amen? What's the purpose of breaching the gates in those battles was to, was to get all the spoil, all the stuff, all the people, all the gold that they would take back, and they would dedicate it to the Lord, and they would take that king, and they would take him before their king, and they would put him on the ground and put their foot on his neck and say, you're under our feet. We have authority. And then they would kill that king. Amen. And so that's what we've got to do, essentially. We've got to breach those gates and set those people free. Amen. We've got some additional warriors out there that are living out there right now that don't know that they need to be a part of the kingdom of God. And it's up to us to pray them into this building. Amen. How many believes that? Amen. They're not just going to walk in here. Okay. Even if we stick a sign out in the yard, they, they're just going to walk by and look at our sign. But we've got to pray them. I believe we've got to pray them into this building. Amen. We've got to pray some. You know, those people, uh, the apostolics in that day, they were praying that God would take Paul out. Because he was Saul, because he was killing them. And they were, they were praying, <laughs> take him out. Get him out of here. He's messing with us. He's killing us. He's, he's dragging us all to prison. And God took their prayer and used that. To take the blinders off the, the, mind, the eyes of Saul and use him for his glory. Amen. There's a lot of wicked people out there. Anybody would, nobody in this room would disagree with that. But there's a lot of people out there that are drunks and alcoholics and drug addicts that God wants to use in ministry. That God wants to use to do great and mighty things in his kingdom. If we could just pray that prayer that would begin to pull those scales down off their eyes. Amen. Because we were once just like that. And so as we press toward defeating this army, we've got to maintain our momentum. Amen? We can't let up. We can't let ourselves begin to take ease in Zion. We can't uh, act like some rear echelon unit that's just sitting back there waiting to hear how the battle's going. Amen? We've got to be in the battle. Amen? And so we have to, uh, you know, when we, when we have our prayer time, amen, the devil doesn't just take a break because we're praying. Amen? He doesn't, you know, he doesn't do that. <laughs> he, he'll, matter of fact, he'll come and try to discourage you from praying. Anybody ever felt that before? Because, you know, your flesh doesn't like to pray, and the devil knows that. And so he'll, he'll come into your mind and give you all kinds of reasons and excuses and make all kinds of things come up in your life to just disrupt your time that you're supposed to be praying. Amen? So the way I overcome that is I pray all the time. <laughs> the devil can't shut me up amen so that way he's i, I keep throwing curves at him because he's he, he you know he i used to have a prayer time that and that's when i'd pray and then all day i wouldn't pray you know it just felt like at the end of the day i felt like beat up so i decided you know what i'm just gonna fight all day long i'm just gonna pray all day long you know it means i i don't get to listen to my radio a lot and it means i don't get to you know do it but you know what i have found Great victory just for myself, and, and who knows what it's doing for the kingdom. Amen? Because the devil never stops working. You know, he doesn't have a time clock. He doesn't clock in and clock out and then go home. He, he's all the time working on the souls of this city, and so it's up to us to stay in the battle. So we cannot win spiritual warfare by walking after the flesh. We've already talked about that. Second Corinthians 10 and 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Right? Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So if we attempt to fight against spiritual wickedness in high places with our flesh, 
and not been given, we will fail miserably in the battle. Amen? Soldiers are trained to use weapons in a certain manner. They're, they're trained to fight in a certain way, and they've got to follow those doctrines and procedures or their things aren't going to work right. They're not going to win the battle. They're going to be dis, discomfited themselves just like Israel was. <clears throat> we have the victory over the enemy through him, not through us. Amen? Because it's, he's the one that goes out and wins the battle. Our victory is only through the authority that he has placed in us in the Holy Ghost. We cannot enter into the battle with worries and concerns and all these things. That's why I felt to pray before this because uh, you know, we, we do. We have life. Life happens every day. And we carry all these concerns and these things in our life. And you know, the Bible says, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Amen. So we've got to begin to cast those things that those anxieties and those things that matter to us on him. Because, you know, you can't I can't change the color of my hair. I can't add one hair or take one away just by thinking about it. Amen. So why worry about, you know, why worry about what what kind of clothes I'm going to have or what kind of food I'm why? Why should I concern myself with those things when my heavenly father is going to take care of all those things? See, the enemy wants us to get sidetracked with all that stuff. So that we're not thinking about praying. So we're not thinking about doing the things that he wants us to do. Amen. If he so clothed the grass and if he takes care of the sparrows, how much more is he going to take care of us? He's going to take care of his soldiers. He's going to make sure we have the provision that we need, the finances that we need, all the things that we need to do what he needs us to do for his kingdom. First uh, Timothy 1.18 says, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou, that thou might, that by them mightest war a good warfare. God had given Timothy, Timothy some prophecies. I believe it was when he was ordained that, uh, that's what a lot of writers believe, that when he was ordained, there were some prophecies that were spoken over him. And so Paul is, is talking to him. He said, that thou mightest war a good warfare. Amen. And Paul's alluding here to the fact that it's going to be a warfare. Once we entered into this, folks, it, it, we entered into war. Amen. It's not about just uh, coming and punching our time clock and doing church. Amen. We are in a warfare. It's up to us. Amen. Every one of us has got to do our part. Amen. Holding faith, holding faith that, and a good conscience, which some, uh, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck of whom is Hymenus and Alexander, whom I delivered unto Satan that he that they may learn not to blaspheme. Wow, Paul delivered them unto Satan. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that they might not learn to blaspheme. Amen. I want to be busy about my father's business. And what is my father's business? Souls. Amen. And how do we get souls into the kingdom? It takes work. It takes effort. It takes fighting on our part, doing our part. Paul said that we should follow him as he followed Christ. Amen. Paul's a good example, isn't he? Amen. He's been through some stuff. Paul was a prayer warrior. He was a plower. He was a planter. He was a waterer. He worked. He had worked all of the steps necessary to bring about victory in the spirit and harvest for the kingdom. He had endured many trials, troubles, and tribulations, and out of them all, the Lord gave him victory. And that's why he preached those things to those churches, because he had experienced those things in battle for himself. And he was encouraging the other soldiers, if I can do this, you can do this. Amen. 
Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, as I have. This is Paul speaking. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. It's not the, the actions of those people that you're looking at. It's the spirit behind them that is driving them to do those things and say those things that they're doing. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, this is what we're fighting against. The authorities and the things that in high places. Wherefore, take, un, take ye unto you the whole armor of God, as Paul says, as I have, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, as I have, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking on the shield of faith, wherewith you, sh- you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You've got to be in the battle in order to quench the darts. You've got to be fighting. You can't be sitting back. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And as we read this, I don't read anywhere after this where it ever says to take off the armor. It never says that we're supposed to take the armor off, put it on, take it off, put it on. Once we get the armor on, it's on. And we are in battle 24-7. We are wearing the armor of God. We're, we're to keep that armor on. Why? To protect us. Not only to protect us, to, but to go into the battle. Amen? Amen. First Timothy 6 and 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. These words were not just for Timothy, but by extension, these words are for us today. It's going to take complete faith and trust in him to get through some of the stuff that we're going to have to face in order to win this battle. Because you're not going to just go into a battle and not... Suffer some things, some cuts, some bruises, some things that are going to happen in a real fight. Amen. You might win the battle, but you're going to some things are going to happen to you in the process of winning the battle. You're going to you're going to receive some wounds and you're going to receive some some things in your life. Amen. But you can't let that discourage you. You know, those those guys, when they went into Fallujah to take Fallujah, I'm sure there were some of them that got hurt. Amen. But they took ownership of taking that city. Did any of those guys live there? No. Did any of them have family there? No. Amen. What was their purpose and goal? Somebody gave them a mission and said, take that city. Run the enemy out. Free those people that are in that city. And what did they do? They went in there and they fought the battles. They fought the battles. Some, some of them got shot. Some, of them, some things happened. But what ended up happening in the end? They took Fallujah. Amen. And why did they do that? Because they took ownership of this is our city to take, and we're going to take it. And they worked together, and they stayed in the fight. They didn't let up. They kept pressing and kept pressing until they defeated the enemy. And so that's what we have to do. Praise God. Mark chapter 13, verse 12 says, Now the brother shall betray a brother to death, and the father of the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. 
And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. We're going we're to battle some stuff. Amen? It's not going to be easy to fight in this battle. Amen? People are going to disown you. People are going to say bad things about you. Amen? The devil's going to come to the church and try to disrupt us and get us fighting among ourselves. He's going to do whatever he can to make sure we don't come at him. Amen? And so we've got to be wise. We've got to keep our eyes wide open in a sense, in the spirit, we've got to be sensitive. Amen. Brother Green that we went and listened to on Friday was talking about uh, yesterday in the men's breakfast. He said whenever he, whenever he's going to a city to preach as an evangelist, he said he, he has learned over the years of doing this that several days before he has to go to that city to preach, he said there will be spirits start coming into his home trying to get him and his wife against each other or, or his kids bickering with each other or with their mother. And he said, there's all kinds of things. that." And he said, it, it happens every single time. And it only happens a few days before he's getting ready to go preach. And so the enemy is, is out there trying to shut us up. Amen? He does not want us to win. He is not your friend. Amen? And he's not going to leave because you ask him nicely. Amen? It... You can't, they didn't go into Fallujah and say, would you all just please leave? Because we're the United States military, and you know we're the greatest military in the world, and you know you're going to lose, so could you all just pack your stuff? We'll stand out here outside the city and wait for you to pack your stuff and leave so that nobody gets hurt. Did they do that? No. Because they knew those guys weren't going to leave without a fight. Right? The devil's not going to just leave just because we're here. Amen. Amen. We've got to be in his face. Amen. Amen. And we can't say, well, I'm too old or I'm too young or, I, I, you know, these young people that, you know, David was fighting bears and lions at 15 years old and 14 years old and 13 years old. Amen. So, <laughs> and <laughs> Caleb said, give me my mountain. At 85, I'm still strong enough to fight. Let's go get another. Let's do another one. Amen. And so the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It doesn't, there's no age limitation written in there anywhere that I see. Amen. If you can get down on your knees, if you can pray, if you can intercede and travail, if you can weep tears for souls, it doesn't matter if you don't have any arms. Hi, sweetie. How you doing? Praise God. <laughs> Man, I want to be excited about Jesus like that, where I just run to the front. Amen. You know what Satan's biggest fear, and I'm coming to a close. You know what his biggest fear is? You know, he's, he's the one that puts fear on us, tries to create fear in our life, tries to cause us to fear. Oh, I better not do that, or I, I better not pray, or, you know, I'm no good. And he'll, he'll tell you all kinds of stuff. To try to get you discouraged, to get you down, to get you not to pray and not to be a force to be reckoned with in this city. Because he doesn't want to lose his control over this city or any city or any country. Amen. His biggest fear is that we will pray, is that we will intercede, is that we will 
reach the lost, is that we will get out there and start planting the harvest, that we will start doing the things that God's called us to do. He's, he's afraid that we actually are going to do those things. Because once we start doing that, he can't stop us. Amen. Those guys, when they, I, I, I hate to keep referring to that, but when they went into Fallujah, nothing was going to stop them. Nothing was going to stop them. Nothing. They were going to win the battle. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So we, as soldiers in God's army, we need to realize who we are. Not just his children, not just his bride, not just his sons. But if he could just win lacrosse by himself, what would he need us for? But he needs us. That's why he's called us into this. We are his elite fighting force. We're his special forces, amen. We've got, we've got the authority and power like you wouldn't believe sometimes, amen. I mean, we can just speak things and just speak to situations, amen, and just, and just command things with the power and authority that we have if we would just realize that. He is, his kingdom won't come. You know, that, that scripture says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. It, it's not going to happen without us. He's not just going to make his kingdom come regardless if we're here or not. Amen. We have to bring his, you know, his kingdom dwells in us. So we, we bring his will upon this earth by the actions that we do as we follow his will. Amen. As the Lord prompts me to pray, I just pray. I don't know why I'm praying sometimes. Sometimes I pray in the spirit. I don't know who I'm praying for or what I'm praying for. But he's, he's interceding through me. He's given me words to, to speak when I've run out of things to pray for. The Bible says, with groanings that cannot be uttered. Amen. He's going to be the one. Amen. So Israel won every battle that God sent them to fight because of what, one reason. Because in God's mind, he had already won the battle. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it's already been done in heaven. So the battle for this city has already been won in God's mind. So it's a matter of uh, it's up to us to get into the battle and to bring it into to reality, to bring it to, to a realization in our own minds and to begin to see the results of our prayer, of our battling. So we are his spiritual warriors. So really that title, Becoming a Spiritual Warrior, is was sort of a, I don't know what you call that, but but we are already spiritual warriors, but we need to realize that we are. And we need to start becoming that spiritual warrior that he's called us to be. And begin to operate. He's given us all the tools that we need. He's given us everything that we need to win in the battle. We just got to do it. Those guys couldn't have taken Fallujah until they said, okay, here we go. You know, they got, had to climb in their trucks. They had to drive in that direction, not knowing what was going to happen. That's the biggest, you know, that's the biggest fear when you're going into battle. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to run into a roadside bomb. You don't know what's going to happen. But you know, in the, in the U.S. Army, in the U.S. Marine Corps, they're the, the most elite fighting force in the world. And they go into that battle with that in mind. Those young guys said, nothing, nothing can hurt me. Nothing can hurt me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. And that doesn't say that there aren't going to be any weapons. There's going to be some weapons formed against us, but they're not going to prosper. The enemy is going to lose because we are already the winners. Amen. 
So I encourage you, amen, as we go into this next month to think about this. And is, is there anybody that needs a copy of this lesson that doesn't have one? Amen. Because I encourage you, as Brother Parker does, to take these lessons, study them on your own. You know, make it, make it yours. You know, it's one thing to receive revelation, I heard one preacher say, but it's another thing to take that revelation and begin to study it for yourself and really make it yours. Really make it a part of who you are. Amen. Amen. Let's take a break for 15 minutes and come back ready to, to worship and uh,